Hats Off is an edutainment podcast that is in no way a substitute for clinical assessment, diagnosis, and treatment. The views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and their guest. Mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. But sometimes we have to get real, and that's when we say, hats off. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? Hi, guys. Hi, hat heads. We're super excited. Yes. Because we have guests today. I love it when we have guests. I know, right? They're always great. We're going to introduce them and then let, let them tell you a little bit more about themselves in just a bit. Uh-huh. But first, let's just check in. Earl, how are you? I am good. The weather's out. Toes yes. out. Shorts almost here. Yes. Y'all know I like to show a little skin. <laughs> um, but no, I'm just glad that the weather is getting... Back to the summer, because as I was talking with our special guest earlier, winter is just not for me. I like the cold, but right. I don't like like D.C. winter, which is why I don't live there. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I can't be cold. Yes, I'm enjoying it. The wind and rain and shenanigans has been... Especially because it's been raining every Friday for the last month. Right. So, yeah. But yesterday, Carter's field day got canceled, my son's field day. And so then I had a free day because I didn't go to work because I started (laughs) taking the day off. And so that was nice. Um, And so, yeah. So it was good. All right. Well, we are going to tip our hats to our lovely guests and we'll let them introduce themselves. Thank you so, so much for having us. So, hi. My name is Rashmili Vamula and my co-host. Hi. I'm Kritaj Singh. So we're both here from the Carolina Daisy podcast, but Earl and I actually went to high school together. Uh-huh. So we go way back. Way back. Even middle school. Even middle school. I know. I keep forgetting that too. Jeez. We were just talking about some, you know, history teachers and English teachers. Okay. Act like they weren't dating. Now they married. They said, well, none of y'all business. Okay. Y'all I mean, you're just learning. That's yeah. what's important. We learned about human relations, how y'all was able to be read. <laughs> exactly. So, so thank you so much for, to both of you for having us yeah. here. We're well, really tell excited. us a little bit about the podcast. All right. So we started the podcast, Carolina DC, la- about two years ago. So we actually just hit two years at the end of March. Nice. And we started it on the premise of growing up as children of immigrants in the American South. But since then, it's evolved as we've evolved like with our careers and our personal lives. Um, you know, Gritej is engaged appreciate it (laughs) so a lot of life things happening we've expanded and evolved to more of just the immigrant experience or even just the minority experience as a Mm -hmm. whole and we picked american south because we both grew up in south carolina we both went to clemson and we both live in charlotte now nice nice all right i got all of it (laughs) yeah yeah Y'all know at the end, we'll give all of the ways to yes, find them and all listen the links and plug in. Below. All of that will totally. be in there. So, yeah. So, yeah, today we're just going to be chatting about more about that, like experiences with growing up in the South as minorities um, and, you know, also being children of immigrants um, and just, you know, how to be a good ally. I yes. think we always want to help people be good allies for people um, 
in our lives. Like, I think a lot of us do a good job of being good friends, Mm -hmm. but not good allies because our allyship is outside of our friendship. Like, me having friends in the LGBTQIA community isn't what makes me an ally. Me standing up for their rights Mm -hmm. makes me an ally. And I have to do that outside the friendship. And so I really do think that's an important thing for us to talk about and encourage. Because I do think it makes people nervous. What is y'all's experience? I think people are very nervous about how to engage in a conversation or connect (laughs) about with people who are different from them. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a good one. I think I think where the nervousness, a lot of the nervousness comes from when trying to approach like a difficult subject or a subject that's like, you know, foreign, no pun intended to them, you know, is, um, you know, what if I mess up? What if I like cross a line that I didn't know was a line not to be crossed? And that's because I think people realize that people judge each other on, on their actions and not their intentions. Mm. You know what I mean? So... What I think it comes down to is, especially if you already have a relationship with a person where you can trust that their intentions are good, right. that there's a little bit less fear about crossing a line unintentionally because uh, you might not get the full, you might not get canceled over it. You might not get the full backlash over it. Mm. So it's like, I, I think a lot of it comes down to just connecting as people first mm-hmm. um, because it, otherwise like real conversations won't be had. You know, if you're always tiptoeing around a subject, like if everyone tries to be real political with it mm-hmm. or real, or move like a politician a lot of time, try to watch their words very carefully, nothing nothing of substance can truly be said. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think ultimately it comes down to just building those relationships with people first on a human level. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And even if you, you know, come to a point where you haven't built those relationships just yet, just having the initial conversation, you can immediately tell what their intentions are. Mm-hmm. If they mm. come in with, hey, is it okay if I ask this question or is I hope I'm not offending you? I mean, obviously you don't have to be like that in every single conversation, but those types of approaches to how you want to handle it is an immediate telltale sign right. of what those intentions might be. Gotcha. They obviously don't mean malicious intent. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, cause we're always about boundaries and self care. <laughs> Earl and I are real big on boundaries and self care. So how it. do you make sure you're not spending all your time teaching? Mm. Um, I think that's the thing for me at times. I don't want to explain why my hair looks the way it does. Cause guess teacher. what? I don't damn know either. <laughs> it's my hair all of my life. That's the way it grows yeah. out of my head. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I don't have a yeah. biology degree. And so I get you have great intentions, and I'm also real tired, and my tire blew out, and my child is sleepy, and I don't, I don't want to do that. So how do you balance the two? Sorry, I got answer like Go right away. <laughs> like, I, like I, I was like, um, I definitely feel you on that, on on needing to have that kind of space where you don't feel like you'll be questioned on just being yourself all the time, right? Even if the questions aren't of like malintent, right? Right. Um, I guess my, my personal correlation of that is like, I was not raised in a Christian family. Mm -hmm. Right. And I grew up, my adolescence was mostly in the South. Mm -hmm. So constantly, even though I don't consider myself a very devout person, um, I always felt like I had to be a defender of the faith that, Mm. that my family was like raising me in the tradition of. Right. Um, and so like that was, that was my experience with that is like, 
uh, I guess your question was, how do you deal or? Oh yeah. How do you just make sure you're not always the defend, like the defender of the faith as a child sounds like a heavy, heavy burden. Okay. It is. And so how do you make sure you're not always teaching? How do you set boundaries Mm -hmm. around when you don't have it to give that day? I mean, I I consider myself a pretty introverted person, Mm. right? So, I mean, it might be different for people that, um, recharge around, you know, conversation and and feel that energy, that self energy come up. But for me, it's just, you know, I just go inside. Like, Mm. you you know, if I'm not feeling it, I just go inside. I'm very good about like, um, self-control around, uh, social media and mm, like right. if I'm not feeling something today I don't look at Twitter I don't look mm-hmm. at Instagram like it's not an addiction for me I just set the phone down right you know right. so it's really it's really just it's understanding what it's understanding that when you have the intention and the positive intention to to go out and do that work you know pat yourself on the back for it because that's real mm-hmm. but um no one's expecting you to save the world all the time like right you know you you do what you can. Everyone does what they can. Right. That's all anyone should ever expect from, you know, anybody is like, do your best. Mm-hmm. And if you need to take some time for yourself, take some time for yourself. Absolutely. You know? And I like what you said, log off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's okay to log off. Yeah. yeah. Just set the phone down. Just chill. Watch a movie. Watch some, I don't know, YouTube videos. Right. There's other things you can do. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I mean, same page on that, but I'm a little bit more extroverted. So my threshold mm, <laughs> compared to right. the judges, it's a little bit more. So I'm, I'm willing to talk people's ear off about what I, I don't know if it's considered defending, but I, if they have a question about it, I am mm. more than willing to have more than willing and happy to answer. And that's another reason we started the podcast, right? Mm. Like if I'm not there to answer your question, you just listen to this right. episode. You right. Views. right. Exactly. <laughs> Which I do. That's a good point. I really want to encourage people to just Google Cause it's free. Like, Google is free. free. And sometimes you can get what you need, not on the back of someone else. Like, you know what I mean? I really like it when people are like, so I looked up this thing or I read this article and mm. I still have questions. Now, mind you, don't read no bullshit article. Like get, <laughs> yes. get, a, get some scholarly articles or something yeah. that's not from yes. some random site exactly. where the person is putting up on Wikipedia. Right. Then come with the questions. Yo, real quick, side tangent on that. Yes. People just do not trust any, like, any quote-unquote respected publication anymore. Right. So it's like... Fake news. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's a real issue on <laughs> the side. Yeah. It's like, Absolutely. how do you know what's real, what's not? Who can you trust? Like, people don't have that innate sense of that anymore. Yeah. That um, is true. But, yeah. yeah, tangent. Yeah. I'll, I'll show. But I think, <laughs> so if you feel that way, like, I read it and then, so I'm coming to you because I read it and mm-hmm. I'm still not sure, right. that's different. But read mm-hmm. the things, people. Like, read the things, try to understand something on your own, and then come to the other person as a supplement, not as your go-to. Because that's something we have responsibility over. To be honest, like, yes, I grew up, and it's all anecdotal to me, and it's my experiences, but I might not always be 100% accurate. I will tell you from based on my experience. And you're human. Like, you're expected. Nobody is I hope it's not. too many times where I've had to be like the face of my people, right. and I'm just like, listen, and I'm still learning myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like I don't exactly. know, right? Yeah, because yeah. I remember. So I watched that. There was the movie about the little boy who gets like adopted, and then he comes back home and finds his family. Oh gosh, what's it called? Lion. Maybe a recent one. Right? Yes, it was I a recent movie. It, it was really, really it. good. But he like got adopted, and really, what happens? Like he fell asleep on a train, and even though he was still in India, they spoke another language. And I was like, Yeah, yep, yeah. What? Yep. What? What's happening? That's and real. so then I and I had no conversations with anyone. I just researched, and I was like, 
oh, in, in India, there's like a bunch of different languages. I was like, I, would, I don't know what I would do. Like, and it did like literally no one, a train ride over in the mm-hmm. same country could understand the words out of his mouth. So they sent him to an orphanage. I mean, which was responsible because he's a child. We don't just let children like live. But I mean, he just like he couldn't go home. And I don't think people realize that they make an assumption about a group of people and decide they know things. And then when it doesn't fit what they know, they're just like, oh, well, explain it to me. Or just where, like I said, you can research it. You can make the attempts to know something different. And that's on coupled your with stereotypes. They're like, oh, you don't look right. so-and-so. You don't look uh, like Indian or Mexican or whatever. I'm like, what, what am right. I supposed to look like? Exactly. <laughs> that's a different but like, But I do. I do right, look so. like I'm Indian because I am. Like, you know what I mean? That's right, what I'm right. you, don't, like, you don't sound black, but I'm good and black. Well, so I don't are, know. I had a whole client that was like, <laughs> what are you mixed with? And I was like, black and black. Right. <laughs> my mom Double black, my daddy black. And they were like, no, you're light-skinned. And I was like, right. We I had to like look at like, this can't be the 60s. Like, this can't be. Like, what do you mean? I was like, my mama black, my daddy black, right. my grandma black, my granddaddy black. Well, black. Somebody along the line, yeah, but that's gone right. at this point. Everybody like, black. We're yes. black. Yes. So, tell us a little bit about y'all's experiences growing up in South Carolina. <laughs> Sorry um, for the chuckle. No. Um, this is not a bad South Carolina <laughs> no, no. episode. So. Don't worry. I'm going to say three people in here. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm taking you and you, South Carolina. So look, we all know this. I mean, right. what do you, you want to hear about? Yeah. We got we got epics. We, you know, like. Well, just what was the ongoing. So I guess tell us a little bit, like, because you're from Columbia. Yes. Mm-hmm. And where did you grow up? I'm from uh, Spartanburg County. Oh, oh okay. So, have, hey, Trey. I have a friend right. from Spartanburg. So, uh. I say Spartanburg County because, mm. like, I'm, I'm my family Are you from lives. Like in, Cowpens? My family lives in Campobello, which is yay, right? <laughs> um, so, and I went to that's that town's so small that I went to high school in the next town over. Oh wow! Which is Landrum. Gotcha. Um, okay, no Landrum. Yeah, which is like right on twenty six. Right. So I went to Landrum High School. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mm-hmm. yeah. I graduated <laughs> class under a hundred, like small town, wow. like. And so I was, that was up, wild. Were there I, other minorities in the area? I mean, because when I've been to Landrum, there's <laughs> there's people of color. There's <laughs> there's like it's it's um. I'll explain my experience growing up because right. that 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 area is changing now. Right, right. Well, right. I'm sure there's still a lot of the same threads, but you know what I mean. Right. My time there was um, there were the black kids, there were the white kids, there were. There was a Spanish-speaking community, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't speak Spanish. Right. So, turns out. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> um, and then it was like, shoot, it was me, my sister, and then one other Indian kid. Oh, wow. And then, gotcha. who lived on the same street as me. Mm. Um, so we, we were cool at the time. And so, yeah, and, and people just kind of clicked up with the people that looked like them. Mm. Right. And then there were other, there were other like, I had a... Um, a really close uh, friend of Cambodian descent mm. in high school. Like it, there were others that it was just like our kind of squad back then was just the people that just didn't click up with everybody else. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it really was like looking back, a lot of it was kind of on race lines. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, today I just kind of realized like, you know, kids uh, gravitate towards people like them. Right. You know, right. so and obviously everyone was from like different cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all American, but like they were different cultures. Right. You know absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. So that's kind of how that's the backdrop. Gotcha. Did you feel 
accepted by the greater community, even though even if y'all weren't clicked up, did you feel accepted, felt safe even? Back then? Yeah. Um, no. Mm. No. Uh, and it was on different lines. It was like, uh, you know, what's really crazy is, especially being in the South, um, people come to the South and they think, you know, oh, wow, everyone's so polite here, <laughs> right? Um, and yeah, on the surface we are like, you know, when, when someone asks how you doing, like they mean it mm-hmm. when they ask you, mm-hmm. right? Which is cool. But then the other side of the South is like, you know, you know where people stand, you know, mm-hmm. you like, you, you hang around certain people mm-hmm. long enough, like they'll make their comments, right. you know what I mean? And, right. and that's, that's something that you can, cause you always have those problems with people. Maybe that's something that you can benefit from being in the South. It's like, you know where people stand, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I agree. You, you know, you know who's opposed to what and you just know. And like that's knowledge is power, right? Right. So maybe that's a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I and when I say on different lines, it's just like um, you know, uh, I told you about being like quote unquote defender of the faith, right? And a lot of it was curiosity, but a lot of it was like you know, eleven year old kids telling me I was going to go to hell just because oh, I didn't believe in Jesus Christ the Savior, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's wild. That's right. just hearing that when you're eleven right. is like. First of all, not really knowing what hell is. Right. But then under, then understanding it as an 11-year-old, like, oh, eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. Word. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know, having your, like, peers that you are for, you're forced to see every day because right. you have to go to school. Like, my parents very much stressed the importance of education, being a child of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Like, so I wasn't going to miss school or, like, you know, lash out. But I had to go to school and I had to see these people. And... It was like that for a while. But then over time, I, I educated because I had to. Mm. And my sister educated because she had to. And over time, like because it was such a small community, they, they kind of got it. Right. I don't know if there was ever like deep-seated approval because it was Bible Belt. And mm. very much so, like they really, you know, I, I can't. I've met a lot of different types of Christians. Mm. Of the, there's You can't, like a, just calling someone a Christian is not a monolith. Right. Right. right? But ran across certain people who were so devout and so sure of their faith that um, they had a negative perception of me internally, I think. Hmm. Which then I challenge as a Christian that they were not sure of their faith because our faith doesn't say anything about ostracizing or... You know what I mean? Like That's one of my things that really pisses me off mm-hmm. when devout people yeah. really you know, hone Try to in. Because the Bible, to the Bible I read says above all these things is yeah. love. And so if you are ostracizing your neighbor and people... Like, yeah. So I mean, but it, I get what you're saying. And, and we were talking about... <laughs> no, a we're different, not devout. We're talking about on different lines, just how you know you're different. Right, is, um, right. Like, one time I was told by a girl that she didn't want to date me because her daddy wouldn't approve that I wasn't white. Hmm. Like, like this is, shoot, this is, it's 2019 right. now. Right. You know, right. this was in the, the 2000s. Oh, wow. Late 2000s. Like, that's wild. Mm-hmm. You know, that's wild. It's like, post 9-11 world, you're still hearing things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's really crazy. Right. Um. So yeah, different things. It's just like on different kind of axes, mm-hmm. um, you just know you're different. Right. Yeah. What now, about you? Yeah, I'm say I'm really interested because we yeah, went to school together. Yeah. yeah. So what was that like? 
I can definitely say it wasn't anything like Cretaceous because uh, Colombia is a much larger city. Right. Yeah. And back to what you were saying earlier, Courtney, about how different languages in India, mm-hmm. like that's how in, uh, Colombia was. There are, multi- there are a lot of Indian people there mm-hmm. and there are their own communities. There's like the Indian community and then there's sub-communities of people from the same con- or same state or province right. who speak the same language because, mm-hmm. you know, you gravitate towards the people right. you already know or speak the same language or, you know, familiar with those cultures and customs. So... So there was that, and then our school, or like, it was pretty diverse. Yeah. Although I was the only Indian, I think, in our graduate class ever. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. There were, I think, other Indians, but they were like. But our class. Our class of four hundred people. Yeah, from even from middle school, Mm -hmm. like when we started having class together, like eighth grade, it Mm -hmm. was just always Rashmila. And I remember (laughs) us having conversations because I would be interested, but I'm now I'm thinking like, well. What was like? Because I don't recall right. any other mm. like peers. Right. Exactly. Hmm. But I never really felt that way. I mean, I right. had we, you know, we all got along, and no one really made me feel like, oh, you're the only Indian person here. Mm. But it, at the same time, did it make them more curious? Right. So there was just like a very neutral perception of it, which I guess is fine. Um, and where we lived in Colombia, it wasn't like predominantly white or anything so there wasn't any of that either but we did have people like Jehovah's Witnesses come to our door wearing Indian clothes trying to speak to us that's what I mean by that what what I think we talked about this like we had on like a sorry so yeah what what so I think I was in um I think I just started high school somewhere somewhere there but I remember it very very vividly but still women dressed in Indian clothing yes. came to our doors and they tried to speak in Hindi. Obviously, my, my parents speak Hindi and I oh, understand okay. well, Hindi. Oh, okay. Did they know that? Like, um, well, so Hindi is a national language. So, like, uh, my parents are actually trilingual because they uh, speak that okay. to be able to trans, like, to have a conversation you, with other people from different states. Yeah. Gosh. If you were educated in India, you were probably you educated Hindi. in Hindi yeah. oh, okay. and your local and your language. Native language. Gotcha. Uh, so, I speak yeah. my native language and I understand Hindi, but my parents, like, they're they're good with all of them. Right. Gotcha. So they started speaking Hindi, but mom was just so mad. She's like, I can't. I don't speak that. <laughs> I know that's I, right. I know, I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm like, they came. I'm just. They literally came in Indian oh clothing with a book in their hand, and they knocked on our door, and they're like, "We're here to talk to you about whatever they say." <laughs> and they first greeted us in Hindi. Wow. Yeah. And then they're like, "We're here yeah. to talk. Do you have a moment to talk about that with us?" And we're like, "No." <laughs> Wow. We don't know what you're saying. We don't know Hindi. Bye. How disrespectful. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. And presumption. Oh They're like, Are we, we just want to reach out to our South Asian community and our peers here. I'm like, well, first of all, how did you find our house? A right. couple of questions there. Right. Come on, so you have to watch us. That's so many questions. questions. Yeah. Yeah. Concerning. Second of all, go away. Don't come back and take those clothes off because... That's not yours. That's not yours. You're using it for a different intention right. than it actually was. And right. I don't appreciate that because... Right. For by all means, if you're interested in trying on clothing of other cultures, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get mad at that. I mean, if you're interested and we'll have a conversation about it. But I don't know. How would you feel though if somebody was just walking down the street? So yes, that is my thing. Like I would love because like we have a friend Joan who has a lot of friends in the Indian community. Mm-hmm. And so when she goes to weddings, I'm like, I just like there's so much FOMO happening for oh. me. And so I would love that experience. Yes. But I feel like I would only if I was want to, to do it. I need to be invited. Right. Yeah, I need right. to be told what's appropriate for me to do, what mm-hmm. are my lines, what are my boundaries. And then that is where I would wear the clothing. Totally. And then when I leave, I'm gonna take my clothing and put it in my yeah, closet. I'm not and be like, remember that time I got to do that thing? And it's every day. I'm not yeah. walking around 
Like, let me run right. to Walmart so people can. Yeah, that's I feel a little like, weird for sure. Yeah, so I, y'all, don't don't wear other cultures' clothing without knowledge behind it. Yeah, I mean, and I mean purpose there's, there's and Christians in it. India who wear Indian clothing, yeah, right? But absolutely. like. That's that. But that's don't a wear it just because they're making a but fad. They're, they're, right. They're like people who are Indian. Like people in so India, so they can wear whatever clothing they want. Part of the culture. Right. Whereas here, it's like, let me find something that they can relate to, and clearly, it's clothing. Right. But I'm gonna go there and convert them, and they Ugh. obviously weren't Indian. Right. So it's just like I don't know how right. to respond to this. And my mom just kind of took care of it. I'm like, yeah. Oh, right. I'm gonna think about this one. I thought about it more once I got older. To me, it was just like that was weird. Oh but God. now it's like we had Snapchat that was, then. That would have gone viral. That would have been famous. Man. I, it, I think it comes down to like what we're talking about with actions and intentions first. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You, you, know, you know when a Jehovah's Witness is knocking on your door and like obviously they think they believe they have good intentions, but mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to spread the gospel. Right. Right. And they're, they're doing that by whatever means. Mm-hmm. And that's the means they chose. Um, so oh it's, I don't know, it's crazy <laughs> to balance the two. Because right. you, yeah, it's crazy to balance the two. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's shift it a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, What, tell us to your level of comfort, the experience of being raised by immigrant parents and how you feel like that differs from your like counterparts. And also for you, like Mm -hmm. I know, you know, a lot of my friends who, whose parents were immigrants struggled to be American with immigrant parents and that was like across the board it didn't matter yeah. where the immigrant where the parent came from it was like this battle of cultures mm-hmm. all the time and they would just come to school just mm-hmm. with that struggle so share that if you're comfortable oh totally that's exactly what we talk about on a podcast <laughs> do you want to start or um yeah uh i can go um quick quick addendum mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. that's related to this question um but just talking about earlier, I was talking about like dating in high school mm, and mm-hmm. like that whole thing. Um, I wanted to clarify: my parents were also not cool with me dating like <laughs> yeah. right. non-Indian yeah. people, right? But right. it was for different intentions. Mm-hmm. When I came across, a, and I still did it behind. I'm sorry, mom, dad. I still, did, <laughs> I still did it as a teenager behind their back because um, I was a teenager, right? And so their intention from the outside would look like offensive and racist mm-hmm. but their intention is like oh we're you know we're like the minority here right we're trying to make sure we preserve our culture and everything mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a whole moral mm-hmm. ethical gray area there i'm not gonna go into that but then can contrast that with surroundings which is like oh no we don't want you to to date my daughter because we don't Right, mm-hmm. the color of the yeah. skin. Yes. Right. Or they yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's different. Yeah, there's different intent. Yeah, there's different intent. Yeah, yeah. 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 the lowest yeah. to the high. Right. So that's fine. All right. right. So though, so going back to your original question, like, what's it like to be the children of mm-hmm. immigrants? I had to think about things like that. Mm. You don't think about things like that when you're 14, mm-hmm. 15. Right. You know, I've had to think about that ever since, like, I was interacting with people outside of my household. Um, and so, and also, it's like I was. I was the first person in my family born outside of India. And oh, wow. so I had to learn how to navigate systems in, in the U.S. Like, like, I didn't know what I was doing during college admissions time. I didn't right. know what I was doing with standardized tests. I didn't know what I was doing with internships or job hunt or, or all that, like, to the, way, to, to the American way. Right. Um, and, you know, I love my parents. Both of them are college educated, but in India. They, know mm-hmm. the, they knew the Indian way of doing things. And then they knew how to be adults in America. Right. 
but the bridge that process i had to yeah i had to bridge the gap with my own experiences and then i had to give that knowledge to my little sister and my little cousins who were trying to do the same thing Mm. so like my role shifted also Mm. over time because Mm. as like i had to be more like the big brother because i had to do more of those things first. Because you're like out of test trials and the pretty much. Yeah, I was right. I'm the guinea I was the guinea pig in my yeah, family for yeah. all these things. Yeah. And now I have I had a lot of older cousins who have kids now who are like younger than me that are coming up. And they're like, look at what he did because mm-hmm. we can't say the same thing about it. we came different different path. Right. So sure. yeah, that's I mean there's there's a whole lot of answers to that question, but I'll let Rashmi talk. Oh I mean same here for that <laughs> particular piece with the college yeah. missions and everything. I was Are born you the in, oldest? Yeah. I okay. was born in India, but I was the first one in my family to grow up here. Right. I moved here when I was eight. Okay. So pretty much like I was born here and grew up here. Like if you asked me about a life in India, I couldn't tell you. Right. You know? right. So um so yeah, to Guteja's exact point about navigating like the cultural shifts and figuring out how to apply to colleges and how much it's gonna cost and all that kind of stuff. I have to do do that and mm-hmm. then teach my brother because he was born here but what was the question growing up as like with parents yeah, was, immigrants, yeah. there was a lot of teenage angst that overshadowed my understanding of my parents mm-hmm. struggle mm-hmm. obviously they worked so hard right to come here and as a teenager you're like well you don't understand me you don't you don't get me <laughs> right. oh my gosh but they were never going to i mean yeah. now i see that as an adult and i truly appreciate how far they've come um by no means did i have a bad life or a bad childhood right. i appreciated everything that they did for me but a lot of it was navigating by myself and as the oldest and as a woman in the family there's mm. a lot of additional pressures that come right. with it my, my mom got married at 19 mm-hmm. 25 not married you know <laughs> there's a, a few conversations happening there but right. i give more credit to my parents because they've been here for 20 yeah. plus years mm-hmm. they're not giving me that pressure it's my family in india yeah. who oh, didn't go through that same process of my parents leaving every single thing they knew right everything they knew in a country miles thousands and thousands of miles away and then coming here with a little kid trying to speak like like pretty much starting over right right it's harder to do as an adult it's hard to learn a new language as an adult well well, they were you know they were educated and they worked in india they were fine with all that but it's hard to start over with um with a whole new culture right yeah because the way we work like daily life here is very different from how you do it in india so them trying to figure that out by themselves with a kid who was five or eight you know whatever (laughs) right i mean i didn't appreciate that growing up but Mm -hmm. now i do and i will say it's because of this podcast too like being able to talk about this stuff on our podcast Mm -hmm. had forced me in a way initially to have those conversations with my parents like hey could you actually tell me about that struggle that you had yeah. or what was it like what, what was schools like i went to school in india but i was like second grade maybe right so can't really tell you that much but yeah being a teenager had me butt heads a lot right for sure as with gotcha. anyone but i don't know it's yeah bad. yeah i wonder how much grief plays into what immigrant parents are experiencing too like Mm -hmm. like when i think about my own experiences of grief as a mom it's a lot of let me put that shit to the side for a second this kid needs me Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but having to leave everything that i know and love like most people even if they move to another country love Mm -hmm. their country and their culture and so 
the the sacrifice, but also like the sadness mm-hmm. and the emotional piece of that. I just wonder. So um, at the university I work at, one of our interns this year is Mong, mm-hmm. and he was talking about apparently like in the eighties there was a large um, group of Hmong who moved to America, and then people just started dying, like mostly men. It it had like even a it had like a name like. Mm-hmm like sudden death, some, it was almost like SIDS for adults. So sudden infant death syndrome for adults where like adults would like go to bed and not wake up. And they never figured out what it was except for really heartbreak being snatched away from, because most of the people who moved, moved due to war. And so it wasn't like, oh, we just want to move to America. They moved out of necessity, but then we're just, like taken out of their culture and their hearts were broken and they just like were dying. Mm-hmm. And it was like, like he, one of his uncles, the guy, one of his uncles had even experienced just 45 healthy, went to bed, died. And so that just says like how much grief, how much sadness, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how much sacrifice they were experiencing. But then also as a parent and as somebody who's got to pay a bill, mm-hmm. like Duke Energy don't give a shit about my grief, like <laughs> Wells Fargo <laughs> wants them at my mortgage <laughs> and kind of how that plays into then the expectations of maybe the children sometimes because I can't really, like now you got to, I got to live for you. Right. And then what happens when we expect our kids to do what we expect them to be when we've lived for them. Yeah, that just came out of nowhere. I don't know. I was just uh, thinking okay. about that. Yeah, go for it. If you have, you have thoughts? Say. I do, but go ahead. Okay. Um, of course. <laughs> so a couple things on that. Um, a lot of time people going through those same situations also come from like socially conservative cultures, mm. you know, like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people just don't talk about their feelings. Mm. Um, like I know, you know, my, my parents just, my, my dad made the decision to, to leave India because he wanted to better life right you know um he left yeah he he left in his like he'd been traveling his 20s and 30s just making his way kind of west Mm, mm -hmm. but um india back in like the mid 20th century um you know you you know first world countries like the u.s you have an idea what the 50s and 60s were like Mm -hmm. imagine another you know third world right so it's like crazy he just he just left for economic opportunity Mm -hmm. i had friends who were children of uh, refugees, uh, right. people that, you know, um, escape genocide, like, mm-hmm. like completely different. But I guess a lot of it comes down to they, they took the risk to come here because they knew that there was a chance for something better. Mm-hmm. And it, everyone's situation is different, right? You know, we're talking about um, asylums and refugees and, and things like that, or just people trying to escape um, economic hardship mm-hmm. or, or trying to make their way. Um, people do it for a reason, right? You know, absolutely. It's, you, we talk about like it's really hard to, to make that choice. So most people don't make that choice to leave right. what they know, right? You know, it, you know, you can have a good life uh, in certain places and never have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was there's a motivator a lot of the time, right? And absolutely. that motivator carries them through, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Definitely. Mm-hmm. My my parents made the choice to move to America for economic opportunities, and they also knew that my life and my brother's life will just be better fared here. Mm. So that was the, the, the actual motivator. It wasn't like they were running away from anything. Right, so, right. so on top of, even though they had to make the choice, they knew that overshadowed or that overpowered 
them leaving everything that they knew mm. even growing up here though my parents were like okay you know once i have you guys settled we'll move back to india oh wow but you yeah. know they've been here for so long at this mm-hmm. point they're like mm-hmm. i don't have a life back in india yeah so right. i'm just gonna stay here which i mean i'm glad they are you know? right right <laughs> glad yeah. you're staying here. Mm-hmm. um and I struggled to understand that, but I can empathize with it. But I struggled to understand it because I'm like, you left a life back there. I don't know anything about that life. Mm. Besides, all I know is that you're, you missed your family. And I'm not as close to that family because I grew up here. Yeah. So there's one thing that I'm missing out on as well, not moving back when they move back maybe. you know, I have so much family, so many cousins. Like family's huge, but I don't really know them. Yeah. And my family has a couple of cousins here and there in America, mm. but it's not like we see him that often. Right. So there's a lot of pros and cons there, but my parents in the end were ultimately happy when they made the decision mm-hmm. and they just somewhat have to live with it. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But technology makes it easier. They're always on the phone with them. <laughs> that day in and day out. <laughs> that is true. I wonder like, gosh, when before when we just had phones. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I wonder and letters. Before that, when we just wrote letters. I, to yeah. people, I asked my dad about it. that. Um I like about that exact same thing because there were a lot of uh, older relatives that like couldn't see their kids for decades because right. of immigration problems. So what my dad did back in the days of like VHS and camcorders and stuff, oh, yeah. he would go to India with his camcorder, um, record messages from like the grandparents, the moms and everything, mm-hmm. take them back to, we were in New York at the time, mm-hmm. take them back to New York and then share them with their, and that's how they got messages across mm. but it was like every time someone they would take these little tapes right and bring them back and forth um that's the kind of stuff they had to do wow you know? and and like and because of immigration troubles or or just mm. you know getting visas and everything sometimes you know parents wouldn't see their kids for 30 years or something mm. so or yeah, like or an or, innovative way to do it back then too i know right, right. yeah <laughs> but that's that's they were clever man yeah. They, right. they yeah like they had to be they just they finesse so much. My, some of the sto- some of the stories my dad tells me on just how they like got by mm. is you can't you couldn't do it today. Right. Yeah. You you, you right. can't do it today. But just when people were like the the people that validated whether something was in the rules or not, mm-hmm. they just circumvented like finesse so much finesse. <laughs> it was amazing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, how long did it, it? It took my parents about like eight to ten years after moving here mm-hmm. legally to mm-hmm. finally get their citizenship. Right. And that was an extra piece of thing that they had to think about, which I didn't notice. I mean, I was I moved here, but when I I think they got their citizenship or had to take the test when I was 16 year old, mm. years old, and mm-hmm. that was like the cutoff for your child to be able to do it with them. Wow. Like I also didn't have to take the test gotcha. because I was just about to turn 17. They're like, right. we'll just take it. So that was interesting. This is a super random afterthought, no, 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 but yeah. I had to help them with that right. exam. And we were we might have been in that class together, but a lot of the stuff that I learned in school yeah. was like, hey, you'll actually be able to apply it more than I'm going to be able to apply yeah. it. Right. You have to take yeah. this information and use it to prove that you're worth being here. Mm-hmm. And on top mm. of that, like immigrants end up being more patriotic than you would I, yes yeah. i think. do yeah i think that as well and i mean it yeah. makes a lot of sense like right. you most of them will probably know than i guess native born americans yeah. history wise i know right yeah i know all these facts and they're like okay as soon as you turn 18 you're gonna go vote and yeah kind of right stuff. they take it very seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, i mean it makes sense a lot of us take it for granted because we were born into it right right mm-hmm. they had to go out and earn it yeah. right yeah um, right so that's that's different but also you know it's it's like you know the idea of like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what a U.S. passport is to the rest of the world. Mm, interesting. You can 
That's that's what it means to people outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, with the recent events, I was gonna say, does it uh, feel that things have shifted? Has it turned <laughs> into um, a dumpster, dumpster fire is, for the rest of the world? Like, I won't. Is a dumpster fire for us. Typically, I, I shy away from commenting on too much of it publicly, but I will say that uh, opinions are mixed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> opinions mm-hmm. are mixed. Yeah, um, it very from, obviously yeah. shifted. Because I have conversations with our family in India. Yeah. I hear I hear from older relatives who lived through like the Reagan and the Clinton years and how things were then, and mm. then like we lived the Bush years and the Obama years, and like, yeah, things have changed a lot. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's not just the presidency or whatever. It's it's, yeah. just, it's also right. the world. The world has changed an insane amount. Technology and everything. Yeah. Changed how we interact with each other, how we talk to each other. We have a lot shorter attention spans than we used to. Right. You know, right. all that, and it's crazy because our parents like try to. They try to teach us about how to be good people mm-hmm. in this world, but um, they can't. Their experiences don't apply almost as much as they used to mm. because the world has shifted so much in the yeah. past twenty five years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of us, in, in that sense, are just making our own way. Yeah. Are y'all surprised about the shift? Sometimes, like I think when I see the videos now of like people calling the police on people or people harassing people or people like. There's moments where I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. And then there's other moments where I'm like, is this, like, really? Like, we, are we still doing this? Are we mm-hmm. not getting better? Like, mm-hmm. what, yeah. What's everybody else's thoughts? Because that's when I have to log off. Because it does get to the point where I'm just like, how about we're just going to stay in the house and not? Um, go ahead. I've been talking too much. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, when I... Okay, so we have we use WhatsApp mm-hmm. to keep in contact with our family. My parents always add me to these family groups and stuff. I'm <laughs> usually muted for me, but <laughs> once in a while I go in and there's these random conversations. And sometimes they send videos and clips that they've seen of like our political figures, mm-hmm. people in India, and they send mm-hmm. it, they're like, oh, is this true? Has this been happening? But I don't really see any of the videos that you're referring to, mm-hmm. like the, the school shootings, the people gunning people down, the the unwarranted arrests, those are like the details that a lot of people don't see, which mm-hmm. I don't know if they just haven't, hasn't made it out that far yet. Cause some of the events that happened in Charlotte a couple of weeks ago, even mm-hmm. I didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. I live in right. Charlotte and I didn't hear about it and there's no way they hear about it there. But they, in the last two years, they see more of the things that America chooses to do as a little bit more comical mm-hmm. than than uh, you know the Reagan years and the Obama years and the Bush years and that's very obvious and I can't do anything but mute it again. <laughs> mm, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Earl? Are you shocked? I feel like Earl's always like his soul is older than mine, <laughs> and so he's always more like, yeah, that's a thing. When I get all like, you've admitted that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what is like? Do you get shocked sometimes? So still? you know, I think. For the most part, I realize I'm very optimistic. Um, I'll just be like, I just try to be like, it's gonna get past. I think recently for me, it was the little boy that killed himself yeah. that I talked about on the last episode, Nigel. Um, and I think it's just like I'm so over, mm-hmm. just like people thinking they can do and say whatever yeah. to whoever, how they want, when they want. I just never. I, I've that's something I've always struggled with, and I guess it's because in my household, it's just. You don't mess with anybody. Right, that's you not You treat people well if you want to be treated well. So I've just right. never understood that, like, you know how much energy it takes to just, like, right. go up to someone and just put in energy? Like, it takes energy to argue. So for me to go pick on you, that just takes too much energy. So right. I just never understood the concept of, like, a bully. 
Right. Um, well, it's easy now to do that. There's ways. You know? Well, yeah. Like the, yeah. the barrier so, so to entry. I don't think I even yeah. understand the like, I've been on the train and people have gotten on the train speaking their language to the other people and, that they got on yeah. the train with. And somebody's like, <gasps> like, why are you? And I'm like, that oh, really? bothers you? Like, you know, why do like, you speak, care? You need to speak the at American all. language. When I tell oh, you I am minding my black ass that business on video the train. Where the person's like, you need to speak American. I was like, what the hell what, is American? What the hell is American? And I was like, who? Whenever I hear anybody speaking another language, or something, I'm never like, if anything, I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. I wish I knew another language. <laughs> right. But I'm never thinking like, oh my God, you need like, to Like, how speak. dare you be talking like in a way that I don't understand? Because it's none of your damn business. Like, that's the part that I'm always boggled by. Because yeah. I think I grew up the same. My mama was like, mind your business. Don't let people live. <laughs> like, like let anything. people yeah. live. And so that's just my experience. And so if you get on the track, I mean, and I'm somebody like, even if you're like, like, I've seen, like, belligerently drunk people get in, they pass out. As long as you don't follow me. Like, you know what I mean? And All right, get up. I hope you, you get I'm... there safely. You know, I'm yeah. not covering you in good vibes if you get home safely. Yeah. But I really do. It doesn't bother me. But it, I've seen it just tear people up in a way that I just don't understand. And I'm surprised that it's still a thing. Yeah. Like, you still shocked that people speak other languages? Like that, or you see like anything you, that's just don't you have from Google? Right, right. right. That's what throws that me people off. just exist that are different from you. Like, are you that blinded that you can't imagine a world where people are different from yeah. you? And then that doesn't excite you. That bothers you. Yeah. But to your original question, I am like my social media is very customized. Right. I don't really see. If I want to see something like negative or something that's happening, I have to go. You look have to go for look it, it up. That's and I mean, point. usually I go to like I have my news apps, but on social media. I am very particular because on social media there's like no rules, right? And I don't want to see someone getting beat down or shot or killed. Right. I don't. I don't want to see yeah. that. Um, and I think because of my job, that. I hear enough right. trauma mm-hmm. and have to kind of experience that secondhand trauma that when I go out into the real world, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it because already I know I got to be prepared when I go to work. Right. So right. my yeah. things is just very. Things, but damn, shit, some rainbows over here. Right. Like, it's just, <laughs> yo, just speaking about that, like the fact that there's no filter on, like, I don't. Wildest thing that of recent memory, the most recent memory was um, the the video of Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the thing that that messed me up. Right. And like that was just circuit circulating like crazy. Yeah. Like mad right. people saw that. People right. were posting and, it as their way, like to memorialize. And so, yeah. but here's the thing. Um, I guess it's like something learned like communications one-on-one like the 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 medium is the message mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um social media is and this is I'm, my background is in technology so is Rashmili's social media itself is is des- is not designed to be like an open forum of like real life conversation right yeah. it's designed to be sensational it's designed to get you right. to click yeah. it's designed to get you to right. tap it's designed to get you to engage with them more mm-hmm. and what engages more than than pushing up sensationalist views or right. doing right. sensational things or or doing antics like you know Takashi Six Nine mm. and then getting arrested like Takashi right. Six Nine right. and then getting more views based off of that. Yeah. So TMZ keeps getting their ad it's revenue up. Like, exactly. like it's it's not it's not the real world. Right. Like it's not. Right. It's really not. And so it, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Um, well, I don't think people realize unless they're they're really like. Influence, like influencers, quote unquote, mm. like they know it's a game, they know it's a system and everything. Right. But just most people, I don't know, they they realize the system itself has its own effect on like yeah. the content. Yeah. Which I think is frustrating when I have clients come into my office and they are comparing their entire life 
to these filtered, you like, like created views of another person's life. Like, and I'm always like, do not compare your entire life to someone's highlight reel. Like no one is out here, you know, unless that's their brand. Cause some people's brand is look how sick I am, but you know, some people's brand is, you know, everything's beautiful and rainbows and I'm pretty all the time and all of these things. And then you're over here like sad cause you ate ice cream and didn't work out. And now you're like, I'm horrible. I'm not like Kim Kardashian. I'm like, Kim like Kardashian Kim don't look like, like Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. Like, yeah. Google old Kim yeah. Kardashian. She don't look like herself either. Like One of the- it boggles my mind how we fall for the filter. Because we all know it's a filter. I always use them as an example of cultural appropriation. Mm. Mm. Um, And it's not even a standpoint. I can get it if you're using it to bring it. Awareness, but they will literally take something and rename it. Appropriate to bring it. But like, well, I'm just saying, like for other people, we always talk about inclusivity, right? But I'm Mm. just saying from their standpoint, like when they started doing these hairstyles that are were rooted or based from the African American community mm-hmm. and they started renaming it and right. people was like, You seen this new style? I'm like, New style? Like she would not get the job right if she wore that versus right. if Kim or Chloe or them and it's like now nah, it's this new sensation. Right, right. I just made me think I agree. I'm gonna bring this up and that's not a thing. Don't yeah. worry. Right. I mean, <laughs> okay. Don't worry. Yes. And, then, and we're uh, not gonna what do was it the Gucci blackface? Yeah. Uh, oh yes. It's, uh, yeah. It's just, yes. Yeah. Yes. It just throws me I was like what? That was Gucci, right? Yeah, that was Gucci. Gucci. Well, remember for a while, it was a couple of them. It was a couple of ones, but Gucci had like a sweater. Because you know what happens in that that community, people see like a big name and they think they're starting a wave. And they don't even question the wave. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I'm just like, Mm -hmm. have y'all not been in any history class? Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yes. So, last question. What are your thoughts around like mental health? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can only speak for your, you know, understanding, but, um, I've heard a lot of, so one of my favorite podcasts is Jesus and Jolof. It's, um, Lovey Ajayi and Yvonne Orji, who are both Nigerian. Um, and they talk about, they're both also big proponents of mental health and Yvonne Orji has just started going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And what happens a lot of times, let's just quick public service announcement. I just want people to understand you're the only one in your family in therapy. So you can't go home mm-hmm to dinner and be like, I've learned this thing about our dynamics and this is what we need to fix. Nobody else is on the couch but you. But people always do that. They go home and they want to like make it all better in their family and want the family to have this insight when the family's not on the couch. But Yvonne has done some of that. She talked about in the podcast. And her mom is just like, no, ma'am, you are fine. I was a great mother. I don't know what you're talking about. All the stuff I gave up for you, like... And I was like, yeah, because, A, she's not on the couch. But also that, you know, it's just not a thing in the Nigerian culture to go to therapy. Like, it's just not a thing. Um, and so, yeah, what are y'all's thoughts about how that kind of shakes out when, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So, this is something my parents views have changed on mm. over the course of like my time with them in my life like when when i was younger and this is still you know very much true for um i guess the desi community is like you know a lot of people don't think depression is a real illness mm-hmm. or um various mental illnesses um like i said my like my parents changed their mind over time and they 
start to understand it more, even though it's the crazy thing about mental illness I see, especially from people that don't have it is just how much strain it is for some of them to empathize, especially if they don't, especially if they didn't believe it was a thing earlier right. in their life. You right. know what I mean? It's really, really difficult. Like it just, I just want to acknowledge that not that any, any of it is an excuse, but then you compound the fact that like socially conservative culture, right. um, you know, uh, cultural differences in general, you know, trying to grow up in American culture, but like going home to a different culture, like all that stuff, it just, it compounds and conflicts things in different ways. I think everyone has a different experience with that. Um, but just from my own experience, like, yeah, mental illness is very real. It just took some time for everyone to get on the same page about that. Right. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of gaps. So there's a generational gap mm-hmm. and the cultural gap that right. Ritesh just mentioned. Um, those two are the largest when it comes to the perception of mental health. So the way I look at how other cultures view it, every other minority culture has a bad quote unquote relationship with the yes. idea of mental health. Yes. So my generation here, like my my cousins and my cousins in India, we have the same perspective mm. on mental health. Even though they live in India, oh, there's yeah. that cultural yeah. pressure. Yeah. So they might not have easier access than I do, but right. they still see it the same way that I do. Yeah. While my parents and their parents are like, Y'all are they, they don't know it exists <laughs> or they, they don't want to acknowledge that it exists. And because they never had any history or any education around it, they're, it's just a part of their life. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to differentiate it from what true happiness might be or what, what it might not be like if they didn't have a mental right. health. Mental health related issue Mm -hmm. so it it is coming more into light that's not really a thing i've ever talked to my parents about Mm -hmm. um that's because i never personally dealt with it so i had no reason to talk about it but i think because they've been here for so long they've had more of the opportunity to be exposed to it they'll be more Mm -hmm. willing to listen if it ever came around but they probably wouldn't be able to have the same conversation with their own siblings my parents generation so while people in India are growing more accustomed to the idea of being open to that and mm-hmm. that it, it exists, it's not a real thing. It's not, I mean, it is a real thing and it's not just an excuse right. that you're making up to skip school or whatever. Um, we still have a long way to go right. as a culture, no matter where you are. Yeah. I just wanted to add more like cultural context to just being the kids of immigrants that like, mm-hmm. that it's a compounding effect on everything. A lot of time when like parents leave their home country during their time, 70s, 80s, early 90s, something like that. They take a little snapshot in their brain of what the culture was like mm. at that time in that place. So they're not even aware how the culture is moving back. No, I mean, and now. it's it's also because like that's not their time anymore. Like right. you know, they're not in their twenties anymore. They're mm-hmm. not in like people just inevitably get a little bit out of touch. But right. also the geographic thing. Mm-hmm. But right. then in their mind, they're like, I know what my culture is. This is what I'm gonna, mm-hmm. um, you know, put uh, as the the standard of what. I want my household to be mm-hmm. like, and then you go home, and you know, gone. I go back to mm-hmm. India yeah, yeah. and I hang out with my cousins and they got tattoos and they, yeah. they got, they're wearing makeup and they're doing <laughs> exactly. all these things. And it's like, Oh, that's lit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Oh, y'all do it. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, like, and then you grew up with this culture of the seventies. Yeah. And because, and because like the outside is so different from what they know internally, maybe, right. they, maybe they dig their heels in the sand a little bit more. Right. So, right. and so like you get this weird shift and I think that's very common for a lot of children and immigrants, but then it also, you know, comes back to like the experience and how everything mm-hmm. with mental health and everything, like again, cousins in India, they know, right. they know. Right. 
You know, yeah. the world is globalized. People are watching a lot of the same media. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, it's just different now. Globalization yeah. is a real thing. And, like, ideas are globalized, too. So they're not that far off from, like, where we're at, mm-hmm. you know, going going through in our minds. Yeah. And I do think it's interesting because what Rashmili said about... Um, like most minority groups have a stigma around um around mental health and it's just about privilege like privilege of access like you know i'm a whole therapist and my parents are like i don't know what you're talking about those aren't things i'm like i have like lots of schooling in it it's a thing they're like we don't we can't afford to be having those problems like but to a point they're right my dad and my mom growing up in south carolina in camden south carolina it was like how do we make sure everyone gets home safely because if that truck of white boys drives by a single black person they will be strung up like that was my dad talking about like this is how we did football practice and then you had to spend the night the last two people had to spend the night at each other's house because you could never let a black boy walk home by himself like the level of trauma that that is but also I don't have time to think about the level of trauma it is because we got to survive um and so I the privilege of being able to be like oh yeah anxiety is a thing like, you know what I mean? Or having parents who have the time and energy and capacity to mm-hmm. understand your anxiety because they're not out here trying to, like, make it. Yep. That's a gift. And people who got that gift should be grateful. Mm-hmm. And I'm also glad the conversation is shifting globally as well. That Yo, is good to know. That's super real. People, right. people are really out here that are just focusing on getting food and water for the day. Facts. They can't think about anything else. Facts. And, yeah. And then we're surprised that they're not thinking about Mm-hmm. Things that don't affect them daily. Right. They're trying to make it to tomorrow. Right. And that's right. Long, you know? Exactly. So yeah. So we're we've asked a bunch of questions, so we're not gonna do question of the day. Yeah. Um, but we are gonna do that's not a thing. Are y'all familiar with that's not a thing? No. So that's not a thing is our opportunity to just make a blanket statement about what we think people should stop doing. So like, <laughs> cool. So establishing that like cultural appropriation is not a thing. Mm-hmm. So a thing. we will go first and y'all just kind of think about it. It could be anything um, for you guys, oh, but. Um, that's not a thing. Okay. Earl, because oh, you, wow. you had yours already, right? You said you're mm. going to cover it and that's not a thing. It's just, and me and Rashmili talked about it. It's, I'm sure she'll talk about that experience, but yeah, I just want the I want people to top, stop taking things and giving them new names. Um, <laughs> stop taking things and saying I made this. Yep, um, stop taking things. Stop taking things. Can stop we- taking things. One period. But stop taking things and slapping your name on it or. And these names that you are slapping on them don't make sense. Like the boxer braids when. I, I just want respect to be given to those that right. have laid it down. Like it's right. okay if you're going to do this style, give credit to where it's due. Because right. um, if anything, that might bring more. If you have a platform, it might bring more respect to the thing. Right. But stop taking it and acting like, oh my God, I woke up mm-hmm. and did this whole and unique I had this style idea in my head to braid hair down to the scalp. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I forgot whatever they were calling cornrows. They, they tried to, like, rename cornrows. I'm like, bro. Right. right. Cornrows and plaids been around. Since Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, legit. Yeah. Forever. Like, stop. I just want, I just want people to stop. Just stop. Right. Stop being. 
Right. Stop being dumb. Um, (laughs) And maybe spend some time learning about who you really are. Yeah. Because I would love to know. I feel like it's a sad thing that I don't know anything about being Armenian from the Kardashians. Yeah. All I know is that y'all you know, know how like, to be. I have no new concepts of what no. Armenian culture is. I know that they know how to be chameleons from the Kardashians. Yeah. Literally, they're chameleons. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't know. I don't watch the Kardashians. So if they've ever talked about anything Armenian, then maybe I'm wrong. If you're a Kardashian fan, don't at me because you don't want these problems. But <laughs> just know that okay, maybe I'm I'm speaking. I don't know. But like from what I experienced, there isn't any post or anything that's like this is a part of our they people maybe our culture three episodes when you I know what i mean was like that's like this is about who we are which makes me sad because i want to know who you are because guess what sis i already know who i am and i do it better than you because it's who i really am <laughs> but i would love to see who you are and that's the sad thing about cultural appropriation it yeah. eliminates who you really are and i want to know what you're teaching like your children because you have such a diverse family now your child has the opportunity to learn something about so cultures because she has such a diverse cultural in her DNA. Right. But I don't even feel like you know anything. Right. Like, I'm not gonna. Okay. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Just, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, my that's not a thing. Gosh, I just ignoring things is not a thing. I just mm-hmm. want people to know that. Your feelings, your issues, your concerns, they do not evaporate if you ignore them. They hunker down in your gut and they come out in all these weird, inappropriate ways, like making you rude and racist and stupid. Like, that is what happens when we are not well. Like, I really just want people to believe that wellness is a thing and then fight for it. You don't have to wake up angry and miserable and wrong every day of your life. Eventually that becomes a choice. At some point we have to accept that this is my life up to this point and it wasn't great. I need to get on top of it and do the work so that I can do something better with the rest of the time. And we don't even know how much of that time we have. So I would really get up on that. So I just, it just, I'm getting tired of people who are broken feeling like that's an excuse to break and hurt others. Yeah, I'm like, just, be the change. I'm tired. Be, For my kids, at my job, I usually use it. It's like taking <laughs> Mentos up. and putting it in a Coca-Cola. You're right. going to blow up eventually. Right. So just go ahead and resolve it. Just go ahead and be willing to do the work to accept that. Things aren't right, and maybe I'm the one who's wrong. Maybe I'm backwards. Maybe my beliefs are wrong. Maybe, like, my teachings are wrong. Whatever it is, maybe it's me, and let me do some work around it. That's all. Yeah. Just be better. Stop being. Stop being. Stop being dumb. Right. Yes. Do y'all have any that's not a things? I came up with two. But all right. I'll do one. Okay. I'll do one. Um, so, I guess my... That's not a thing is um, just acting like we're all going to live forever. And, mm. then, and then like, and this, I mean, this, I, I think that everyone deals with this on personally, but like, I really, really try to internalize that tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. And that affects everything that I do today. Right. And every day. Right. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that statement is going to mean different things to different people. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot more would get done positively if uh more people kind of internalize that it's, it's really not promising i'm not i'm not being the bad guy but like saying this i'm no, not taking anything away from you right but right. i'm not the one taking tomorrow from you right yeah. but it's not promised it's like, not it's not, it's not. It's not. 
It's not, yeah. Mm, absolutely, yeah. I guess mine is like one and a half, just kind of adding on to a couple of things. But Earl is right. I, I am going to add to yours. First, cultural appropriation. It is a thing, so it should not be a thing right. anymore. Yeah. It should not be a thing. Stop making it a thing. There is a very strong line between appreciation and appropriation. Right. And you can't live in blissful ignorance and thinking, oh, it's not appropriation. I'm showing appreciation. No. You're not. Appreciation goes back to our conversation earlier about intention. Mm -hmm. If your intentions are good, it's appreciation. If you are cherry picking things from a culture, things you you hate us but love our culture kind of thing. Exploitation. Exploitation. You know, if you cherry pick things from a culture and then you know put a new name to it or tell them you just discovered it, even though it's been around for millennia. That's appropriation. Right. Don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And the other one is sort of adding on to Gritege's is not prioritizing yourself. Mm. That is not a thing. It mm. should be a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that goes back to what you were saying as well, yeah. Courtney. Like you have to put in the work for yourself and I'm learning this now as well, but social media to me, uh, I, I, I've come a long way. You know, earlier it was like, I was also comparing myself and all these beautiful people, but now it's like this cute little curation of what I want to see like mm. you said Earl but also on my feed is like this is this is pretty I want right. to make it pretty on my feed and I am aware of that mm. yeah. and if I notice myself comparing to other people and what they post I immediately turn it off because I'm right. like I know they're doing great things good for them and I'm here to support it but I'm also doing great things yeah I gotta support myself right and on top of that it's prioritizing and being okay with saying no yes. um, I used to be like Oh, I have FOMO. I have to go to everything, but that, that will cost me my eating and my sleeping just for the sake of it. Now it's like, Hey, I miss you guys, but I'm going to come hang out for like a couple hours or let's try again some other time. But that doesn't mean I don't appreciate your relationship any less. So a couple of things to do and not to do there. I love the appreciation and appropriation are different. And I want to number add another Asian in there. Yes. Yes. The difference is participation. Like Mm -hmm. I can appreciate your culture and not participate in it because it's not mine to participate in. And if I am participating, it's because I was invited in. Yeah. So if you are not invited into it, I know that that's sad because it's pretty and it's <laughs> awesome and it looks really fun. It's not yours. And don't force yourself. And that's okay. It's okay yeah. for things to not be ours and for us to be able to appreciate it, even if we don't get to participate in it. I think that's what it, people want to participate in it. Right. But that's not always, like, I'm not Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, I know people have their own feelings, but I love, I grew up with a friend who was Muslim and I love her relationship. I remember she had to start wearing hijab at 13. Like, I love that experience. Yeah. I can't wear her hijab. Right. I can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, if I'm invited into the mosque, then absolutely. And I will be like, you know, mama put that on me. Like, her mom would put it, like, but other than that it's not mine mm-hmm. it's just not mine yeah. and yeah. so i have to adore it from over here in my business i got i got one last comment. Okay. i should have made mine more about a, a cultural appropriation but i was just i literally just was thinking of a couple of questions like while i was listening things like all right cool why do nfl owners not look more like their players mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why do rappers audiences not look more like rappers mm-hmm. how come i can milli rock in fortnite but what is it doing to help the culture right. like you know what i mean right. like little pieces little pieces everywhere mm-hmm. you see them everywhere right and tell me why so i can young. tell me how i can milli rock in fortnite please like, <laughs> please please someone tell me someone tell me that oh my gosh yeah fortnite is problematic on a lot of levels like yeah, but, uh, but that was that, that was just a, no, just a yeah, symptom, just a symptom, just a symptom. And how things, be, so 
so even my son, so in Fortnite, they have the Carlton dance, right? And apparently Carlton, like Alfonso Ribeiro sued and all that. Yeah. But my son was like, you don't know anything about the Carlton dance? I was like, this is this, this is dance is older than you. <laughs> this is cultural appropriation in our car right now because you don't know anything about the Carlton dance. Like, I think we create things over and over and over again and make them make people believe they're new. Yeah. I promise Pay you, homage. like my grandma said, there is nothing new under the sun. Yeah. We are not as inventive as we think we are. Trust and believe it probably belonged to someone else. And just do your research before you put it out there as your own. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And if it's not yours, if the people who created it don't look like you, then you need to make sure. <laughs> That's my thing with yoga. Know, Have I we agree. ever talked about oh my, my yoga stuff? <laughs> I went to a training. I'm about to watch Earl, <laughs> Earl knows that I went to this whole training last year. And it was a great training, and I really appreciated it. But when they were talking about the history of yoga, and I was like, when did it get white? Okay. When did the white ladies with the leggings show up? Cause stop. Like, like I was like, who? I was like, which? you know, I stopped I going like, to my yoga class. Colonization. That two weeks I was ago. like, let's talk about the colonization. Who were the colonizers who stole yoga? Like I just, and they were like looking at me, and I was like, no, no. The question mm-hmm. stands. We will not continue because I'm a presence. So we're gonna talk about when the white ladies with leggings showed up. Like, and so, yeah, and they did. The the one lady was super woke, and she was like, actually, let's start. <laughs> it started here. And she even, like, challenged the women in the room and the men in the room who were white to be like, y'all need to really, like, understand this piece. Because they were like, you're going through all this history and all these words we don't understand. And she was like, no, no, this is yoga. Yeah. Like, and if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. you need to know where it came from because it was stolen from people Especially when you're and commercialized, yep. commercialized yep. and it has now been tainted. Yep. And we're going to go back to the tradition. Like, she just kind of was like, or you can leave. Like, mm-hmm. but we're going to go into all of the other pieces of it because that's what it really was. And I, because she had also like lived in India, she had a different that's great. understanding. But, but still, I was like, who knew all of these things about yoga? <laughs> You, because it just got stolen. Like, yeah, but you are an ally. <laughs> I am. Yeah, you are an ally. Yeah, because it, yeah, it, yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. With yeah. I mean, if you can sell it, watch it. Like, mm. look out. Look at mm. it. No, I, watch it over time. Mm-hmm. If anything can be sold, just watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This can be a whole another episode. You know, like about right. cultural appropriation. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, we might have to have y'all back. That's for totally cultural fine. Because I got plenty of because, thoughts on that. But so, yeah. I'll, I'll save it for then. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> well, all right, guys. We are going to wrap up. So you guys tell us where we can find you mm-hmm. on all of the things. Yes. So the hatheads can yeah. find you. All right. So we are the Carolina Daisy Podcast. So Carolina. They see D-E-S-I podcast. You can find us on Apple, Google Play, Spotify. We're everywhere. Just mm-hmm. search that name or our names. And you can follow us on Instagram at the Carolina Desi. So T-H-E Carolina D-E-S-I. Right, and it'll right. all be below. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much um, for having us. Thank y'all so much for being here. We do need to do a part two. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have to do a part two. It's obvious yes. we need like I a two-hour so slide fun. for a part, it's part so two. Fun. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and we need like some other folks with some more mics. Mm-hmm. We're going. It's going to be a whole thing. I can feel it happening. All right, guys. Well, thank y'all for having us. We don't have a quote or a resource except to Google and <laughs> that appreciation and appropriation are not the same thing. Don't exploit. Don't people. exploit people. <laughs> um, but check us out on all the things. We are Hats Off Podcast CLT mm-hmm. on Instagram and then Hats Off Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Yes. Go ahead and send those questions in for the questions of the day segment at Hats Off Podcast at gmail.com. Also, click our social media kit below. Book us, book us, book us. 
Um, you can check out my professional page on Courtney Leak LCSW on Instagram and Facebook, and then Courtney LCSW on Twitter. My website is www.embraceabundancenc.com, and check out Carter's Instagram at Carter's Curious Corner. Yeah, I think that's all. Mm-hmm. So thanks. Oh. And hats off to both of you. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. So before we get off, this will be late, but we, we just need to say tomorrow's going to be a tough day. Because tomorrow I have to watch Avengers and oh. then Game of Thrones. Oh, and so a I might not be well. I might not be well for next week. So we don't know after this when we gonna have another one. Y'all know I'll get I'll get sad and we won't have an episode. So just know that that is why it's because I am in mourning for whoever well, gets murdered on Game of Thrones and Avengers. So I'm just kidding. All right, guys, we love y'all. Um, and until next time, be you. Be true. Hats, Hats off. off. Hats off is brought to you by Earl Martin and my mommy, Courtney Leake. And I'm Carter.